2: Welcome to
3: This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news,
1: you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's show time. Boom
0: This League Uncut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one.
3: Friends, welcome in to an early September edition of this league uncut Mark Stein here with Chris Haynes. We kind of tease this one. We didn't want to give too much away because I get superstitious sometimes and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to take, take a guest booking for granted, but we did it. We have secured a special guest for this edition of this league uncut. And it's especially timely because our guest, His day job is coaching the Los Angeles Clippers, but he is a member of USA basketball's coaching staff at the FIBA World Cup. It is Monday morning, Manila time, the morning after the United States incurs its first loss at this World Cup. Sunday night in Manila, Sunday daytime in the United States. Team USA losing 110-104 to Lithuania, but when... Teron Liu makes a date, he keeps the date. And he joins us now again, live from Team USA camp in Manila. Coach, it is so good to be with you.
2: Thank you very much.
3: I am, uh, I guess, what, what's the strategy coaching staff-wise to kind of, what's going to be the messaging to the team today after, obviously, a result that you guys were not expecting?
2: Um, just having a good film session, um, you know, just seeing the, the, the speed and the force that they play with offensively, which we talked about, you know, going into the game. And you really can't, you know, simulate until you actually get on the floor and see how they play. And so um, they've been leading the FIBA um, game, you know, offensive rebounding. So we told them how important that was going to be. But um, coming out and making their first nine threes, you know, it really put us behind the eight ball.
4: Coach, I I was going to ask about those threes. You you talked about the offensive rebounding and the three-pointers made. Obviously, they were on the tear there. Um, You know, oftentimes when there's a team that is just expected to pretty much be the the team that's targeted, every now and then there's a setback. You might call it a setback or whatever, but oftentimes people will say, well, they needed that. You know, is that is that kind of the alignment that you kind of think about? You know, after after that loss, you say is that something that was needed, or how do you process that?
2: I mean, I don't think I think it's better to learn from from winning. You know, than it is. <laughs> um, you know, just seeing that second half how we competed, uh, we made some adjustments, and um, just kind of seeing like how we had to play them and what we had to do, and our guys did a great job of fighting back. When you get down by so much, you know, any mistake, you know, can you know, spring the lead back up again. And so that's what happened. We cut it to, I think, to four or like five and a half minutes ago in the third quarter, and we just couldn't get over that hump. But, you know, our team, like I said, they've been great. They've been preparing. And to put a team together for three or four weeks, you know, expecting them to be great, you know, right away, then, you know, that's going to be tough to do. And so our whole mindset coming into it, our coaching staff and our players is to get better every game. And so we still have that opportunity. Um, yesterday was a tough game for us, but we see what we need to do. In order to be successful in FIBA basketball,
3: I mean Lithuania had eighteen offensive rebounds, and I think everybody knew going into this tournament that rebounding would be an issue for the United States just because you don't have a lot of size on the roster but the slow starts have kind of also been something that we've it's a it's it's i think it's fair to say it's become a bit of a pattern at this point. How concerned have you been and the coaching staff about the slow starts we've seen?
2: Yeah, we talked about just, you know, getting off the better starts and not easing into the game. And so, um, like I said, we have a target on our back or on our chest or whatever you want to, however you want to say it. And um, we just got to – we got to come in with the mindset. We're going to start the game with a defensive mindset. We're going to play the right way. And um, we've been getting off the slow starts. And against these good teams, you can't – you know, you can't afford to do that. So, um, last night was a, a good test for us. We knew it was going to test our defensive principles. And, um, like, they made a lot of threes. They got to the paint. Um, their pick and roll play was really good. So, you know, coming into um the game tomorrow, we you know we gotta lock in and understand what we gotta get better at.
4: Coach of, of all the coaches on the on your coaching staff right now, I look at this this roster and how it's constructed. And obviously these are star players, borderline star players are on the cuffs of being star players, and you have to try to distribute the minutes however way you guys see fit. But you know, a lot of these guys, they have, they have egos, they want to play and you're probably the most equipped of that coaching staff. Cause you, you have to deal with a, a pretty deep lineup, a pretty deep squad with the Clippers. How have you had to, um, what, what was, how, what has the conversations been like with some of the players who may feel like they're not getting enough time or want a different role. Like what's the conversation? How how have you had those conversations and how has your your time with the Clippers helped in having those conversations? Well, um, you know, I think
2: with our players that we have here, they understand. And so just trying to keep them engaged, but they've been great, you know, um, and all 12 guys deserve to play. And so that's a tough position to be put in, but they understand that we're just trying to do what's best for the team. They're going to have their opportunity. That you got to stay ready. And um, our biggest and main main goal is to bring home the gold. And so our guys that we have on the team, um, they understand that. And Grant and Sean Ford and those guys and Jim Tooley done a great job with just selecting guys that were going to be on board with, you know, just winning. And so that's what we're focused on. That's what our 12 players are focused on. And they're going to get opportunities. You know, you never know when they're going to come, but they're going to come. And they've been put in the work. And, you know, and like I said, all 12 guys deserve to play and all 12 guys are ready to play.
3: Clippers coach Teron Liu joining us here on This League Uncut, joining us from Manila because this summer Teron Liu is a member of Steve Kerr's coaching staff alongside Eric Spolstra, alongside Mark Few, and that staff, as we speak, dealing with Team USA's first dose of adversity Sunday, a loss to Lithuania to complete the preliminary rounds. The United States now has to rebound Tuesday quarterfinals against Italy. It is knockout time. There is no more room for any kind of losing if the United States hopes to win a gold medal, something it hasn't done in this competition since 2014. Ty, how shaken do you think the guys were by losing a game from what you've seen and in interacting with the guys after the game and 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 today? How do you think they co- they're they coping with it?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think they were shaken. I think they were more pissed off, you know, about the way we played, um, how we didn't establish a defensive presence to start the game. And, um, you know, and you should be pissed off. And so, you know, they're not, they're not shaking at all. Like, their confidence is not shaking. Um, it's just that, you know, we knew we could play better we didn't play our best game. And so the way they, they took it to us, um, they were aggressive. They were the, they were the more aggressive team. And they won. And so our guys know we got to come back and regroup, but we're not shaking it all.
4: Coach, can you take us behind the scenes a little bit and, and share some of the moments after a game like that, that that leaves you to be encouraged? The way we played in the second half. You know, I think, you know, being down 17, I think we
2: we're down 21 at one point, but being down 17 at halftime and cutting the lead to, you know, four in a matter of, you know, five and a half minutes, you know, that's something to be encouraged by. And, um, like, you know, being able to make adjustments on the fly and then just seeing our teams fight, you know, and our will to win. And so, on um, the way we played in that second half was great. You know, we knew it, you know, um, it was a preliminary game and we still had a chance to play for the gold and guys could have just mailed it in. But that's not our team's mentality. That's not our coaching staff's mentality. And so, um, they came out in that second half and really played hard, played great. And uh, we just still came up short, but we, we did do some good things.
3: What's it like just being – with these coaches, I think there are seven championship rings among you and Spo and Steve, and obviously Mark few has seen it all in the college game. Uh, you guys must have some pretty interesting meetings. What kind of glimpse of that can you share with us in terms of what it's like for the, the four of you guys to get
2: together? Yeah, I mean it's been great for me. You know, being the youngest out of you know our whole coaching staff and. Um even started back in Vegas when we had Matt Painter. We had Jim Boylan. Um, we had Jamal Mosley. You know, Jeff Van Gundy has been with us the whole way. And then, like you said, with Mark Few and, and Spo and Steve, just learning and just, you know, basketball minds in the same room and just bouncing ideas off each other. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to learn every way I can. Like I said, I'm a young coach in the game. And um, anything I can pick up here and there to be better, I want to be better. And they taught me a lot. You know, these four weeks have really – you know, taught me a lot and um, helped me understand a lot of different situations, Um, how, you know, they handle different situations as well. And so um, I just want to keep learning, you know, keep growing as a coach and um, having this USA opportunity, you know, I want to thank Grant and Steve and Sean Ford and those guys again for giving me the opportunity because it really has, you know, enhanced my coaching and I want to continue to keep getting better.
3: Everyone says that the FIBA game is so much different than the NBA game. Can How would you kind of... Describe the difference or quantify the difference. Just in your time this summer with this squad, what what jumps out to you about
2: what makes it so different? Um, well, one is the physicality. You know, I think the physicality of, you know, being able to push and grab and, um, you know, get into the ball. And, and, and you know, um, that's one thing, the physicality. I think the second thing is um, in FIBA, the game is really won by the players. You know, I think, you know, you only have two timeouts per half. Um, you can't really run a lot of ATOs. And then, you know, the game being shorter. You know, I think our guys are used to easing into the game because it's 48 minutes. But, you know, with 40-minute games, you know, you got to start the game with, you know, a defensive mindset and, and getting off to good starts. And So um, it's a lot of different rules that our guys have to adjust and get used to, and um, they're doing a good job of doing that. And so, like I said, we have – I think we are one of the teams that have room for the most improvement, and we're going to continue to keep improving every game.
4: Because one thing I I like what you said about, you know, yourself is that you're still trying to learn. You're still trying to grow and become a better coach. Because I think when you talk to a lot of people about the coaching ranks in the NBA, they they will say, a lot of people will say, number one, you know, from top to bottom, they they probably put you number one, just as far as coaching, acumen, adjustments, you know, just everything that a coach has to do on a night-to-night basis, and so when you think about that, you think about going into to next season, like how do you feel like this experience will make you a better coach going into next season for the Los Angeles Clippers? Um, just seeing what
2: I've seen, um, learning what I've learned from, like I said, Spoh, you know, few and, and Steve. And um, for me, um, I wanted to do things, you know, different at times, just trying to just see what works and what doesn't work. And, um, you know, I think going into this next season, I think um, it's going to be, it's made me a better coach already. And I, you know, I don't want to share a lot of the things, but, um, you know, if you stop growing and stop, you know, wanting to learn and stop wanting to be better, then you should, you might as well just quit. And so I'm not at that point. And so I think, you know, every year you got to continue to keep getting better as a coach. You got to continue to keep getting better as a player. And that's how you grow. And so that's what I want to do. And so um, thank you for the compliments, you know, and so, um, still have a long way to go. You know, I want to bring a championship to the you know, Los Angeles Clippers, to that organization, to the fan base. You know, Mr. Ballmer, um, Gillian, you know, Lawrence Frank, Mark Hughes, Trent and all those guys have been great, you know, to me. And so um, the ultimate goal is to win a championship, and that's what I want to do. And so this experience has been great. You know, I think when you talk about players coming to camp in shape, um, I think coming on this um, the USA trip has really got my mind in shape to start camp ready to go. You know, and so it's kind of it's kind of strange, but like I'm ready to go now. You know, just from having these four weeks, five weeks together, um, has really you know activated my mind and got my mind in shape and ready to go.
4: I I, I gotta ask you. I know you're ready to go, but a big part of you guys' success is going to be on whether your your two big guys are ready to go. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Any update on their participation level come training camp? Yeah, um, they, they'll be 100% come training camp.
2: You know, um, they're, they're both on, on track to be 100% by the time training camp starts. And um, that's that's what we need. You know, um, our best players to be healthy. That's around the league. You know, our best players to be healthy. And we've just been in an unfortunate situation where, you know, our two best players haven't finished a season together the last three years. And that's been tough on us. And so, you um, doing whatever we can do to make sure our guys are healthy. Um, it's not a fluke where everybody's talking about load management and stuff like It's not that. You know, it's like, you know, they have injuries and, and we got to make sure we, we do the right thing by um, putting the player first, you know, making sure that they're going to be healthy, you know, 100% through the, way, I mean, through, through the season. And um, that's our main goal. But, you know, we have to play more games, you know, how we got to do it. Um, and we have to, you know, like I said, start respecting the regular season. And you know, giving our fans, you know, what they what they want to see, and playing hard every single night, putting our best product on the floor, and um, you know, our guys are ready to do that this year.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at
0: that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next.
3: This was nice Chris. Coach Lou transitioned to the Clippers without us even having to ask him. He did it for us, which was good cuz he I think he knew we were we were end up we were going to want to go there too.
4: It's always better that way.
3: Um yeah, I mean you you know you yourself mentioned how challenging has it been for you that each of your 3 years as head coach you haven't had your two main guys at the end. I mean, if you if you do have them both, theoretically this team can do a lot of damage. Like how challenging has it been for you and how receptive have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George been to your kind of messaging about the regular season? And
2: yeah, it's been tough for me. It's been tough, you know, for the organization, it's been tough for our fans, but more so than anything, it's been tough for Kawhi and PG. You know, they want to be on the floor. They want to be out there. And so um, to have those injuries, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's part of the game. And just, you know, you wonder every, every day, like, why is it happening to us so much, you know, but um, it's something that, we got to continue to just keep building, you know, continue to keep trying to, you know, make sure our guys are healthy, especially down the stretch. You know, when we go into the playoffs and that just hasn't been the case, you know, um, as of late. But I think more frustrated than anybody, I think PG and Kawhi, because they want to be out there. They want to help their team. And um, it's just been some unfortunate circumstances.
3: You, you've been very open about your fondness for Ru- Russell Westbrook, who obviously joined you guys midseason last year. What is coaching him on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis like? And, you know, he's going through an adjustment too. Obviously, max contract guy, and that's obviously not the situation with the Clippers. Like, how much communication has to come from you is to, for him to find his niche with this team?
2: Oh, a lot of communication. You know, I think, like I said, Russ Hall of Fame, a great player, and for him to, you know, take less money to come back to the Clippers along with, you know, Mason Plumley, that just says a lot about, the Clippers organization and what we're trying to build there. And so they both could have went other places for more money, but they like what we're doing with the Clippers. They like how we're building. And, um, you know, the foundation there is is really good, you know. And so um, just talking to him, you know, he's been a breath of fresh air as far as how he competes every single day, whether it's practice, whether it's games. um, He's going to play every single night. And he brought that that extra extra line of toughness that we needed.
3: Can we trick you into telling us the other options they had?
4: I'm not. I'm not going there. <laughs> but I'm glad it came back to us. <laughs> hey, Coach Lou, I, I have to ask you this follow-up. To, you know, you said it on a, another podcast. Forgive me, I forgot what podcast it was when you first said. You know, we got to start respecting the regular season and, and and going and taking it more seriously. Can Can you tell us? I don't know if anybody's asked this follow. up Can you tell us like what does that look like? What's the difference?
2: I'm not saying that they don't take it serious or we don't take it serious. But I think just the overall, just you know, some some nights you're gonna have you know little nick little knickknacks and that we can you know do a better job of you know playing more minutes or whatever you know and just you know everybody you know together like myself included like just having a different approach you know different mindset. I know we're playing a lot of games. I know you know it's every other day or you know every day back to back. But there are things that we can do to continue to keep getting better. And so for me. It starts with the head coach of just, you know, if we can't practice, you know, more film sessions. If we can't practice more, you know, 30-minute walkthroughs of just clean up defensively what we can get better at or offensively as well, you know. and So not just taking those days off. So when I say that, I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about it starts with me first as a coach. It just, um, you know, I know our guys are tired. I know we have an older team. I know guys are banged up. But still, we can still approach it by doing, you know, some things that doesn't require, you know, a lot of um, physical work, you know. And so those are the things that, you know, I have to get better with. And I'm locked in and ready for that, you know, going forward. And so um, it's going to be nice where you don't feel it. It's going to be nice where, you know, but we, you know, we got to play through some of those, um, play some of those games and play through some of those uh, knick-knack injuries. And so, um, and it's not, like I said, it's not like we don't take it seriously, but it's the the, the mindset is making sure our guys are healthy. That's number one, and so, um, but we also got to do you know do a little bit more, and it starts with me.
4: And coach, when I I told this individual, I'm not gonna name him here. I'll probably name him off off record, but I asked him. I said, "We got Lou coming on. Uh, what what's some things I should ask?" And so here here here's a question for you, Lou. Just about It's about the overall premise of coaching today's players. So the the question was, uh, how do you feel about professionalism in the league? And has it changed from you feel like professional in the league has changed from your time? And um, do you think AAU and the people around them have contributed to that kind of lack of professionalism and a lot of players now opposed to the way it used to be? And it doesn't make it hard to coach. So take that all in, how how you see that? Yeah, I don't think it's a lack of professionalism. I think um,
2: it's a lack of, of mentors. I think, you know, when I came in the league, we had a lot of veteran players on the team that taught me wrong from right, you know, and, you know, having Brian Shaw, Robert Ory, you know, Horace Grant, Shaq, D. Fish, you know, Glenn Rice, Eddie Jones. Like I had a lot of great veteran guys that taught me the right way. And so now you look at our rosters in the NBA and the way they're constructed, there's a lot of young guys, you know, your oldest guy on the team could be 25 years old. And so they really don't understand, you know, um, they have a lot of money, but they don't understand like those next steps to becoming a man, you know? And so um, teaching you how to work hard on the court and being a good person off the court as well. And so we always, you know, when I came in the league, we always had those older guys that those veteran guys that taught us and showed us the way. And so we've lost, you know, a little bit of that, you know, in our league. And um, you know, every team's not fortunate to have a, you know, Adonis Haslam, you know, guys like that that has been around for a long time, but also can check the young guys, get them in place, tell them what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to be. And so, we're, you know, we're missing that. And so I wouldn't say a lack of professionalism. I think a, a lack of mentorship, you know, older guys and veteran guys to show these young guys away because we have a lot of talent. You know, it's a lot of talent in this league. Um, our young players are are, are unbelievable. But I just think, you know, having some veteran guys in the locker room to show these young guys away is kind of what we're missing.
3: All right. I do not want to upset Renee Felton from USA Basketball because I know you have a meeting to run to in mere minutes. So one last quick question and then we will let you go. I promise. Just in general, you're you're coaching. You're part of a coaching staff on a team that is never allowed to lose. When you guys lose, it is an international incident. It's huge news. What has that been like just dealing with that pressure that you guys are never supposed to lose?
2: Well, we've all dealt with that. You know, I think Mark Fuse dealt with it, Spoles dealt with it, I've dealt with it with LeBron, Um, Steve's dealt with it, you know, by winning four championships. So we've all been a part of that. And so I think the biggest thing is just, you know, making sure that we stay calm, making sure that we, you know, show the positivity um, to this young team. And um, like I said, we're not shaking. And um, if, like I always said, if you don't have the pressures of winning um, every single night and having the pressures on your shoulder, then you don't have a chance to win. And so – we understand that pressure. We want that pressure, and I think we're going to be great. Clippers coach Teron Liu
3: in Manila, part of Team USA's coaching staff, heading into the quarterfinals against Italy. Coach, thanks a for doing this. Really appreciate
4: oh, it. You appreciate you, coach. I got my TNT schedule. I got a ton of Clipper games on the schedule. A ton. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> right. I can handle it. <laughs> I can handle it. <laughs> Love the Clipper guys. This is, your tra- this is your training camp for those games. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Coach Lou, you take care, brother. I appreciate you. Good,
3: good luck for the rest of the tournament. Thanks, Emil.
2: Thank you very much.
4: And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production.
0: Chris Haynes and Mark Stein!